Hi everyone, and welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, a podcast where our goal is to read the entire Bible in a year, seeking to understand God's plan of redemption while discovering daily and practically your part in it. How does God react to leaders who are in a place of representing the Lord, but they are consistently not taking that seriously and actually just dishonoring God on a daily basis? We'll get to that in just a second. Uh, Today we are looking at 1 Samuel 1-3, to and basically what's happening is we're moving out of the period of the judges into this period of kings. Uh, It's a really important time in Israel's history. And so I'm excited to get into this story. Now, usually we record the podcast super late at night after we put the kids to bed. And tonight, Jenny actually fell asleep while she was putting the kids to bed. So it's just me tonight. Uh, Hopefully she's back tomorrow. Uh, But it's uh, I'm going to do my best to walk us through this without her here. Um, We are introduced to Samuel actually by being introduced to his mom, Hannah. And what we find out is that Hannah is uh, the second wife or one of two wives uh, of this guy, and she is unable to have kids. Basically, we've we've talked about this a couple times. When women are unable to conceive in this time and in this culture, it's a significant problem to them. It affects them financially. It affects um, their their future family. Obviously, it, it puts them in a really really bad spot. And so Hannah, um, some scholars believe actually that Hannah was Elkanah's first wife. Um, but when she, when she was unable to conceive, he actually probably married another woman and so there's like some some strife there there's some disagreement there obviously that would not go well so hannah goes uh, with elkanah to worship once a year and one of the times when she's in shiloh worshiping like in the presence of god she just spends the whole day praying and actually she prays so hard that the the priest there actually thinks she's crazier that she's drunk but in fact she's just pouring out her anxiety her stress, her frustration, her request to the Lord, and the Lord hears her. And it's really cool because she says that if the Lord will hear her, uh, she will commit her son to the work of the ministry for his entire life. So she puts her son under this Nazarite vow uh, before she even knows that she's going to conceive a son. And actually, uh, God gives her several kids after Samuel. We don't know a lot about them. Um, But we do know that God basically blesses her in a significant way, I think because of her faith. Uh, And in her thankfulness, she pours out this prayer. This is 1 Samuel 2, uh, that really highlights, it highlights uh, her love for God, uh, but it also highlights how in control God is. Um, Chapter 2, verse 6, the Lord kills and brings to life. He brings down the Sheol and raises up. The Lord makes poor and makes rich. He brings low and he exalts. Like basically she is so thankful. Uh, She is in this place of recognizing the extreme power that God has over our lives. And to me, I've just noticed so many times as we've been reading through these stories that God is just consistently in control of what is going on. And so Hannah actually notices the same thing. And, And right after Hannah prays this incredible prayer, we get introduced to Eli and his two sons, uh, Hophni and Phineas. And Eli is the priest, and his two sons are also priests. And we find out that they are actually just terrible, terrible priests. Um, we, we get this picture where they are basically taking advantage of people. Um, so the priests would have been able to eat some of the offerings and sacrifices that people would bring. Uh, but these two sons would regularly just take advantage of people and try to pick out the best meat or not allow people to offer what they wanted to offer so that they could eat more. Um, We also find out that these two sons are 
um, sleeping with the women that serve uh, around like the tabernacle area. And so these guys are just really, really, really bad guys. Um, because we're bridging uh, the period of the judges to the period of the kings, it kind of makes sense that they're so fallen and they're so distant from the Lord. Actually, there's there's going to be a line in here um, that the, the word of the Lord was rare. This is chapter three, verse one. The word of the Lord was rare in those days. And when I read over that, I kind of got the idea that, of course, it was rare uh, because it seems like even the priests just really don't care about what the Lord would want. And so it's there's kind of this tension built in that Hannah is a faithful woman. Uh, she has a son. She commits her son to the priesthood. And he, he's almost like thrown to the wolves, like these, these guys that don't honor God at all. And so it's kind of a scary story. One of the things that's going to happen is before God calls Samuel, he's going to sort out uh, these priests who just don't take their job seriously. Um, one day when Eli's kind of doing his work in the tabernacle area, a prophet comes to him and tells him, hey, your sons are going to come under judgment. This is a pretty wild prophecy because it doesn't apply just to these sons. It applies to like a whole line of people. And actually that's going to be fulfilled later on in 1 Samuel 22. So this is has kind of an immediate effect. Um, Phineas and Hophni come under judgment pretty quickly. Um, but then there's going to be a long-term effect where a lot of these priests that don't take their job seriously are judged by the Lord. And so this judgment is proclaimed first. And then in chapter three, we see that God is going to start speaking to Samuel. And it's a really cool exchange where Samuel's kind of sleeping in the tabernacle, um, very close to the Ark of the Covenant. And he hears this voice from God, but he doesn't know what it is because it's not normal in that time for people to hear from God. And so God calls his name twice. Um, and he runs to Eli to say like, Hey, are you trying to get my attention? And Eli each time is like, no, I, I, I'm not talking to you. And so I actually, I used to work for a guy, um, that really liked this story. And he would oftentimes talk about how interesting it is that when God talked to Samuel, he must've sounded like Eli, uh, which is sort of an interesting thing to think about. And I don't know if he exactly sounded like Eli, or if maybe it was just only Eli and Samuel that were in the area. So Samuel just thought Eli was speaking to him. Um, but anyway, it, it takes three times for God to get Samuel's attention. So finally, Samuel goes to the Lord and says, hey, here I am. I want to hear from you. And the Lord basically tells him like, hey, this judgment is coming. Uh, this line is going to be wiped out. And that's that's what he tells Samuel. And so in the morning, Eli's like, hey, Samuel, what, what did the Lord have to tell you? He's afraid to tell Eli, because obviously this is a very dark thing against his sons. Um, but Eli just accepts the judgment because Eli, we've seen in the text, is very aware of the sinfulness of his own sons. And his sons are in a really significant situation because uh, the, the priests would mediate between God and the people. So if the if the people sinned and they needed to bring a sacrifice to the Lord, it was the priest's job to mediate for that sin. But when a priest sins, there was there was nobody in place to mediate for the sins of the priest. And Eli actually says this to his sons. Now what's interesting about this is we now believe that Christ is the perfect mediator for us. So kind of the same concept is in effect where when we sin against God, Jesus is our mediator who 
uh, basically like works to achieve the forgiveness of our sins. We believe he ultimately did this. Um, well, actually, I'm recording this on Good Friday. He ultimately did this when he gave his life for our sins. And so that the way that we accept Christ's mediation for our sins is we accept Christ, the sacrifice of his life on our lives, and ultimately the fact that Christ conquered death and brought us to new life in Christ. And so this idea of mediation is still at work in our lives. And so we see it here in 1 Samuel, and we know it continues to be true for us through Jesus. Um, So the end of chapter 3 ends with, And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and let none of his words fall to the ground. That's amazing. Imagine if that was true for you, uh, or true for me. And all of Israel from Dan to Beersheba knew that Samuel was established as the prophet of the Lord. So this is the perfect intro to this story. Samuel is now completely established as a prophet of the Lord. You can tell just even from reading the text that this is a whole new thing. We're entering into a whole new period of time um, where like the judges have kind of passed away and we're going to be moving into this kingdom mindset now. Uh, But also there seems to be like a little bit of an interest in returning to the Lord and what he intended. Maybe we're coming out now of that period where everybody did what was right in their own eyes. And you can actually see that even here with the priests who were so terrible. So I, I asked at the beginning, uh, how does God handle priests who don't take their job seriously? Uh, in this text, uh, he doesn't mess around. Like what, when it's your job to honor the Lord uh, with your life and your office, he, he does not mess around. Uh, these guys come under judgment very quickly um, because it's, it's just shocking Uh, that they would take advantage of the people who are seeking to honor the Lord. And we're going to see this um, at other times in the Old Testament where God is furious with priests who take advantage of people. And so I think, like, obviously we're not um, living our lives in the same way as some of these Old Testament stories. But I think it is appropriate uh, today just to think about the fact that God puts a high calling on people who seek to honor him with their lives. And I think that applies to pastors and teachers and leaders, but we today believe in a priesthood of all believers. And so I think it's just really, really important to remember the responsibility that we have uh, as people who represent Jesus to the world uh, to ensure that we are living lives that honor him. And I'm not, I'm not saying that from like a legalistic mindset. I'm just saying that from like, God has given us this incredible opportunity and we don't want to mess it up. We want to honor the Lord uh, with all of our lives, with all of our decisions. And you can easily see, you know, there's there's so much in the news today about like mega churches that have these huge scandals and, and how big of a scar that is uh, for Christianity, how terrible that makes faith look. Um, it was true then, it continues to be true today that when people who say they represent Jesus um, really don't in their personal lives, like it, it hurts the entire body of faith. And so for me today... Um, looking at how seriously God took this, it's just an encouragement to continue to live a life that is authentically honoring Christ um, with everything that I can. And I just encourage you to do the same thing. So uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Uh, Hopefully Jenny is back and we'll continue through 1 Samuel. See you then. Hey, thanks so much for listening to our take on God's word. Stick around and listen to the word uh, on the second part of the podcast. Before we get in there, uh, we just want to remind you, you can connect with us at any time on social media and YouTube at God's Plan Your Part. Also, we are a listener supported podcast. So if you ever want to help us out with the ministry that we're doing, uh, you can do that by clicking the link in our description. And now here's the reading for today. First Samuel chapter one. 
There was a certain man of Remathan Zoephim, of the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah, the son of Joiam, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuf, an Ephraimite. He had two wives. The name of one was Hannah, and the name of the other Paniah. And Paniah had children, but Hannah had no children. Now this man used to go up year by year from his city to worship and to sacrifice to the Lord of hosts at Shiloh, where the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were priests of the Lord. On the day when Elkanah sacrificed, he would give portions to Paniah his wife and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah he gave a double portion because he loved her, though the Lord had closed her womb. And her rival used to provoke her grievously to irritate her, because the Lord had closed her womb. So it went on year by year. As often as she went up to the house of the Lord, she used to provoke her. Therefore Hannah wept and would not eat. And Elkanah her husband said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? And why do you not eat? And why is your heart sad? Am I not more to you than ten sons? After they had eaten and drunk in Shiloh, Hannah rose. Now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat beside the doorpost of the temple of the Lord. She was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your servant and remember me and not forget your servant, but will give to your servant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall touch his head. And she continued praying before the Lord. Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was speaking in her heart. Only her lips moved, and her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli took her to be a drunken woman. And Eli said to her, How long will you go on being drunk? Put your wine away from you. But Hannah answered, No, my lord, I am a woman troubled in spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have been pouring out my soul before the Lord. Do not regard your servant as a worthless woman, for all along I have been speaking out my great anxiety and vexation. Then Eli answered, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition that you have made to him. And she said, Let your servant find favor in your eyes. Then the woman went her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. They rose early in the morning and worshipped before the Lord, and they went back to their house at Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah his wife, and the Lord remembered her. And in due time Hannah conceived and bore a son, and she called his name Samuel, for she said, I have asked for him from the Lord. The man Elkanah and all his house went up to offer to the Lord the yearly sacrifice and to pay his vow. But Hannah did not go up, for she said to her husband, As soon as the child is weaned, I will bring him, so that he may appear in the presence of the Lord and dwell there forever. Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Do what seems best to you. Wait until you have weaned him. Only may the Lord establish his word. So the woman remained and nursed her son until she weaned him. And when she had weaned him, she took him up with her, along with a three-year-old bull, an ephah of flour, and a skin of wine. And she brought him to the house of the Lord at Shiloh. And the child was young. Then they slaughtered the bull, and they brought the child to Eli. And she said, O my Lord, as you live, my Lord, I am the woman who was standing here in your presence, praying to the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my petition that I made to him. Therefore I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he is lent to the Lord. And he worshipped the Lord there. And Hannah prayed and said, My heart exalts in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth derides my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. There is none holy like the Lord, for there is none besides you. There is no rock like our God. 
Talk no more so very proudly. Let not arrogance come from your mouth. For the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. The bows of the mighty are broken, but the feeble bind on strength. Those who were full have hired themselves out for bread, but those who were hungry have ceased to hunger. The barren has borne seven, but she who has many children is forlorn. The Lord kills and brings to life. He brings down to Sheol and raises up. The Lord makes poor and makes rich. He brings low and he exalts. He raises up the poor from the dust. He lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with princes and inherit a seat of honor. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's, and on them he has set the world. He will guard the feet of his faithful ones, but the wicked shall be cut off in darkness. For not by might shall a man prevail. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces. Against them he will thunder in heaven. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. Then Elkanah went home to Ramah, and the boy was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli the priest. Now the sons of Eli were worthless men. They did not know the Lord. The custom of the priests with the people was that when any man offered a sacrifice, the priest's servant would come, while the meat was boiling with a three-pronged fork in his hand, and he would thrust into the pan or kettle or cauldron or pot. All that the fork brought up, the priest would take for himself. This is what they did at Shiloh to all the Israelites who came there. Moreover, before the fat was burned, the priest's servant would come and say to the man who was sacrificing, Give meat for the priest to roast, for he will not accept boiled meat from you, but only raw. And if the man said to him, Let them burn the fat first, and then take as much as you wish, he would say, No, you must give it now. And if not, I will take it by force. Thus the sin of the young men was very great in the sight of the Lord, for the men treated the offering of the Lord with contempt. Samuel was ministering before the Lord, a boy clothed with a linen ephod. And his mother used to make for him a little robe and take it to him each year when she went up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. Then Eli would bless Elkanah and his wife and say, May the Lord give you children by this woman, for the petition she asked of the Lord. So then they would return to their home. Indeed, the Lord visited Hannah, and she conceived and bore three sons and two daughters. And the boy Samuel grew in the presence of the Lord. Now Eli was very old, and he kept hearing all that his sons were doing to all Israel, and how they lay with the women who were serving at the entrance of the tent of meeting. And he said to them, Why do you do such things? For I hear of your evil dealings from all these people. No, my sons, it is not good that I hear the people of the Lord spreading this about. If someone sins against a man, God will mediate for him. But if someone sins against the Lord, who can intercede for him? But they would not listen to the voice of their father, for it was the will of the Lord to put them to death. Now the boy Samuel continued to grow both in stature and in favor with the Lord and also with man. And there came a man of God to Eli and said to him, Thus says the Lord, Did I indeed reveal myself to the house of your father when they were in Egypt subject to the house of Pharaoh? Did I choose him out of all the tribes of Israel to be my priest, to go up to my altar, to burn incense, to wear an ephod before me? I gave to the house of your father all my offerings by fire from the people of Israel. Why then do you scorn my sacrifices and my offerings that I commanded for my dwelling, and honor your sons above me by fattening yourselves on the choicest parts of every offering of my people Israel? Therefore the Lord, the God of Israel, declares, I promise that your house and the house of your fathers should go in and out before me forever. 
But now the Lord declares, Far be it from me, for those who honor me I will honor, and those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Behold, the days are coming when I will cut off your strength and the strength of your father's house, so that there will not be an old man in your house. Then in distress you will look with envious eye on all the prosperity that shall be bestowed on all Israel, and there shall not be an old man in your house forever. The only one of you whom I shall not cut off from my altar shall be spared to weep his eyes out, to grieve his heart, and all the descendants of your house shall die by the sword of men. And this that shall come upon your two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, shall be the sign to you. Both of them shall die on the same day. And I will raise up for myself a faithful priest, who shall do according to what is in the heart and in the mind. And I will build him a sure house, and he shall go in and out before my anointed forever. And everyone who is left in your house shall come to implore him for a piece of silver or a loaf of bread, and shall say, Please put me in the one of the priest's place, that I may eat a morsel of bread. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his own place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel, and he said, Here I am. And ran to Eli, and he said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call. Lie down again. So he went and lay down. And the Lord called again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood, calling at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant hears. Then the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I am about to do a thing in Israel, at which the two ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. On that day I will fulfill against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end, and I declare to him that I am about to punish his house forever for the iniquity that he knew, because his sons were blaspheming God, and he did not restrain them. Therefore I swear to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by the sacrifice or offering forever. Samuel lay until morning, then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord. And Samuel was afraid to tell the vision to Eli. But Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. And he said, Here I am. And Eli said, What was it that he told you? Do not hide it from me. May God do so to you and more also if you hide anything from me all that he told you. So Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. And he said, It is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. And Samuel grew and the Lord was with him and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba knew that Samuel was established as a prophet of the Lord. And the Lord appeared again at Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel at Shiloh by the word of the Lord. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan, Your Part. If anything stuck out to you, if you have any questions, or if you'd like to receive a Bible, 
you can email us at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us through the link in our description. We love that you're on this journey with us, and we hope you have a great day. See you tomorrow.